Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and uh, welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, I have, I have several topics to get to this morning, uh, including an update on this unprecedented but legal action that the, that the new Grambling State women's volleyball coach pushed through when she was hired a few months ago. In, 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 in effect, in short, she basically told the entire returning team that their scholarships were not going to be renewed and that their places on the roster were gone. <laughs> now, there's an interesting spin on what went down, and now it turns out that this new coach has been fired within three months of getting a new job at Grambling. I got to tell you, I, I find this fascinating because when this coach had first started to make these cuts with the current players, well, her boss, the Grambling athletic director, was quoted as confirming that this coach had every right to do this. And in short, he seemed to applaud her efforts. But now there's been a total turnaround. And I want to give you more details and get your sense and to discuss what this could mean for other athletes currently on college scholarships. Then, later on in the hour, I, I want to talk for a few moments about that frightening incident from a Little League baseball tournament in North Carolina a week or so ago where someone decided to fire off three rounds from a rifle in the middle of the game. Now, no one was struck, but at least one bullet hit a window in a car. In other words, these shots were close, and these kids and their parents were understandably terrified. My question to you, is this going to be yet another new worry when it comes to kids in sports, that guns and rifles will be more prominent than ever before? And I also want to talk to you about a national trend, a trend that, quite frankly, well, maybe trend's the wrong word because this has been around for a number of years. And I want to get a sense from you of what you think this means regarding our kids and their sports. Specifically, if you drive around or walk around pretty much any neighborhood in this country, even when the weather is sunny and beautiful, more often than not, you will not see, you will not see any kids playing pickup games. That could be baseball, softball, soccer, tennis, touch football, so on and so forth. Oh yeah, you might see a few pickup basketball games going on. But overall, in general, unless there are organized youth sports leagues, leagues that are run by the parents or by club operators, 
you rarely ever see kids going out and playing sports on their own. All those fields are pretty much empty all the time. It's a lot different from when I was a kid, and chances are when you were a kid. When I grew up, there were always uh, always a game going on uh, on these fields. Kids were often left to their own you know, creative uh, devices in terms of inventing their own games, depending on how many of their friends showed up to play. But that was okay because we just enjoyed playing and competing against our friends. In contrast, and forgive me if this is not kind, but it just seems that for kids today, unless there are uniforms, a scoreboard, refs, umpires, coaches, it just seems that there's no reason for kids to go out and play just for fun. And to me, well, that may be the greatest disappointment in youth sports today. So I want to get your thoughts on that topic as well. Have we, have we accidentally raised a generation of young athletes who only want to play if they get a trophy? Meaning that unless it's really clear to the kids that there are going to be uniforms and uh, there are going to be referees and, as I said, they're going to keep score and there will be a lot of parents at the game, is that the only reason the kids go out now to play sports? Okay, we've got a lot to discuss this morning, but let's start off with what happened at, with Grambling State Women's Volleyball. I mentioned this situation a few weeks ago because of what this new coach did. That is, she was hired you know, by Grambling. And within a few weeks, she basically informed all the players in the program that their scholarships were going to be terminated. Now, just to be clear, legally, she has the right to do that. The NCAA does not guarantee athletic scholarships for more than one year. But that being said, I I can't really recall ever hearing a coach doing something as brazen as cutting the entire team. Let me give you a quick recap of what went down. This is I, I got this from the Washington Post. Within three months of her hiring at Grambling State, women's volleyball coach Chelsea Lucas was making headlines. A 2007 Grambling graduate, Lucas starred on the volleyball court for the Tigers, making her a familiar face upon being tapped this past February to lead the program. But by April... She had drawn the ire of athletes, parents, and alumni by dropping all 19 players from the roster. Now, Grambling State, whose administration initially supported Lucas's actions, announced this past week that it fired the first-year coach amid an ongoing investigation into what she was doing. Quote, the decision was made due to the determination of an internal investigation within the volleyball program, the school said in a statement. Now, just for the record, Grambling State, the, the volleyball team, went 11-17 and 17 last year, obviously under 500, but they were 8-8 eight and eight in their conference. Lucas had come over from uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, where they finished 18-15 uh, and 15 last year, and she had an overall uh, career record there, 37-44. and 44. But here's where it gets a little tricky and dicey. There were also some rumors circulating that there was some bad, bad blood between Grambling's volleyball team and with Lucas's team at Arkansas Pine Bluff. That there was some name-calling when the two teams played each other last season. And even more, there were some rumors that several of Lucas's players at Arkansas Pine Bluff 
had actually entered the transfer portal after she had left that school. And that several of those players from Arkansas Pine Bluff were apparently now eager to rejoin their former coach at Grambling. I mean, now look, this is all only speculation, and I, I just want to emphasize that. But the administration at Grambling did, as I said, did an investigation, and as noted, they decided to let Lucas uh, go. I find this all to be quite fascinating and obviously very disturbing. As I said, college coaches, you know, especially those who were eager and hired with the hope of upgrading a college program, they almost immediately look at the returning players on the roster. They want to see who's on scholarship, and they begin to evaluate their talent and you know what they see, how these, these returning players may fit into their program. And the new coach, of course, is very, very eager to bring in new players, bring in new talent. But traditionally, the coach takes his or her time to evaluate the current players and then decides one by one on which kids and which scholarships are not or will be renewed. Why? So that the kid who's on scholarship has some time to, uh, to find a new way to, to pay for their tuition if they are cut from the team, or if necessary, to even transfer to another college. It's an agonizing process for anyone to go through. But when a new coach comes in and decides that pretty much everyone on the roster is going to be let go, including the walk-ons, yeah, well, that's, that's a bit harsh. In any event, uh, in her appointment, after uh, being hired at Grambling, Coach Lucas, apparently she held three practice sessions to go over the, the returning talent, quote, most of which consisted of few, very few volleyball-related drills and just a lot of punishment-related running. That's according from a local paper, the Monroe News Star. These three practice sessions were meant, apparently, for the new coach to evaluate the returning athletes on her roster. In any event, Lucas reportedly then called for individual meetings in which he informed the scholarship players, there were 12 of them, they would not, they would not be renewed for scholarships for the upcoming season, and the seven walk-ons were told their spots on the roster were also gone. Um, and again, we talked about the fact that there were some th- rumors and thoughts that maybe some of her former players from Arkansas Pine Bluff were going to end up you know, over at, uh, at Grambling. Uh, one mom uh, was quoted in the Monroe News Star saying, quote, the girls know the girls. The girls at Grambling know the girls at, at Arkansas Pine Bluff. They're in the same circle of sport. This comes from Tasha Bryce, uh, who is the mother of one of the kids on the Grambling team. Continuing from her quote, so they were told by the Arkansas Pine Buff players that they were going to enter the transfer portal and that they were going to come over. Not going to lie, I fact-checked, said this mom, and sure enough, they were all there in the portal. So this is pretty interesting stuff. Obviously, it's disappointing, it's heartbreaking, and so on and so forth. It is legal. The coach has a right to do this. But common sense and civility which is so lacking in, in sports today. I mean, that would just suggest that, that Coach Lucas did not handle this situation all that well. And even more stunning, as mentioned, Lucas is an alum of Grambling, where she herself had been a star volleyball player. And at the start of this controversy, she had the backing of the athletic director at Grambling. 877-337-6666. What do you think about this? Will this case serve as a... Warning as a cautionary tale to other college coaches to be a little more careful 
when they decide to eliminate or get rid of their current roster players? Is this another example of how the transfer portal can be used to hurt college programs? I mean, in the end, the bottom line is after just three months on the job, Chelsea Lucas was fired by Grambling. But was she just doing her job? So once again, we find ourselves in uncharted territory. It's the wild, wild west of coaches who want to win pretty much at any cost. And by the way, once Lucas was fired, all the current volleyball players at Grambling who had been on scholarship and had been walk-ons, they were told that they would now be able to continue to have their aid. In short, it was a total 180, a total reversal of action by Grambling. So that's good. All right. Let's talk about this. When I return from the break, we'll get into this and talk more. I think this case has a lot of real possible repercussions that we ought to talk about. Stay with me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back here on the Sports Edge, we're talking about this rambling women's volleyball coach. What she did when she got the job at her alma mater, within a matter of weeks, she basically told all the current players on the school team that their scholarships were not going to be renewed. Uh, And at that time, the Grambling Athletic Director, well, he backed her move, saying in effect that just as athletes uh, can use the transfer portal to their own benefit, then college coaches can do what they need to do to take their programs to a higher level. Kind of a harsh way to defend a new coach's actions, to be sure, but that's what went down. Now, again, college scholarships, athletic scholarships are not guaranteed for more than a year. 
A coach is under no obligation to renew it. Most coaches do, of course. But again, technically, the coach at Grambling is following the NCAA rules. So, I mean, some college coaches, when they decide that they want a player to leave, well, the, the, the better coaches will sit down with the youngster and explain the situation and so on and explain that, you know, maybe you should be better off at another school. Or in some cases, uh, coaches will just basically ignore the kid, never play them. The athlete, unfortunately, then gets the message and usually just enters the transfer portal in hopes of finding another, another university and hopefully another scholarship. Sounds cruel, but again, this happens routinely. Um, in this case, the coach just basically ripped a Band-Aid off the wound, and the uh, Grambling players were hurt and angry. That's what we're talking about. Let's, uh, let's get some calls on this. Let's start this morning with, um, with Tim in Eastchester. Tim, good morning. You're first up on the fan. Hey, good morning, Coach. Uh, coach, as you and Jack always says the wild, wild west of youth sports, I like to introduce a new term. I think it's more like Michigas, uh, <laughs> the youth term of craziness, because nothing makes sense anymore. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it really is the wild, wild west. Uh, Coach, if I could deviate for a second, I'd like to first say happy belated Bastille Day. Me and you both share that day together. It's our birthday, so happy birthday, Coach. Oh, thank you very much, Tim, and same to you. Yes, yes. And, you know, Coach, a couple of weeks ago, my second daughter graduated high school, and it was a bittersweet moment because it brought closure and yet a new opening, a new chapter of her life because she's heading off to Clemson to mm -hmm. meet up with her older sister. And as I said in the past, like the last 10 years of listening to your show, has brought invaluable information about youth and sports. And both of my daughters participated in several sports during their JV and varsity endeavors. Mm -hmm. and so I can't thank you enough for all that great stuff that you brought to the table. But, Coach, well, I, I'd like to thank you for something else. It's those other stories like you shared last week about the baseball gum. Uh, <laughs> Big League Chew, of course. Yes, and the story about you going back to the minors, which I loved, and the story about your father walking in from the outfield at the psychiatric facility. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that, that, I, mean it, as, I can't even hold back my laughter now. And well, then you bring in up a couple of weeks ago about Ronja Angel passing away, who Ron Darling said was the Hemingway of baseball writers. Yes. You know, and I think maybe my personal favorite was your interview with Coach Billy Mita Ratona, and he brought up that story about when he finally was able to get into the lineup and he gets to the table, and who's there, the voice of God, Bob Shepard, who's going to introduce him, but he can't make out the last name, so he goes, now entering the game for St. John's, number 10, Billy, number 10. Well, Tim, you, you, this is quite a, I had no idea that you had all these notes, uh, and you really touched a lot of the the high points of the last 10 years uh, with the show, but those are all great and all true stories, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled that uh, you've enjoyed watching your daughters play ball in, in school and uh, understand that, yeah, it is, you know, that a lot of parents don't understand that going to, especially a school like a Clemson, which is big-time sports, obviously, it, it's, it's the end of one's career at the high school. Most kids go through that, and they play their last games as a senior. It is a bittersweet moment, but then again, it sounds like you have your, your priorities very much in order. Tim, thank you for the call. It's very, very nice to hear from you. Let me, uh, let me move on. Let's go to uh, Dr. Uh, Rob Freed out in Blake Success. Hey, Rob, good morning. Um, Rick, 
Good morning, Rick. I, I, I must, before I get into this topic, I must talk about last week's show. I was actually hearing, back, hearing that interview with you and him. I mean, the, the big chew was, was just a good add-on. It was a great story and entrepreneurship. Yep. But Jack's interview with, with you, number one, I met Jack for your show five, six years ago. I mean, I met you 15 years ago at, 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 a, at a, I guess, a symposium you were doing in Jersey. You, the friendships that I've, I've developed through your show, through WFAN, but really what you you have brought to my table has been my, incredible, okay? It goes back to my dad. It brings back my, my childhood. It's by far the most important show in, 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 my, in my sports listening to this station because I'm getting older and, and, and sports are not as important. You know, professional sports are not as important to me. I just had to share that it was sensational. Jack, I love you. And uh, one thing he touched on, which really hit home, what he was talking about with his, with his own son, Rick, was when uh, he's, um, his kid got from high school, got to, you know, to college. He was just a, another player there and yes. had to prove himself. And I remember when I was a walk-on initially at Adelphi, and I did get that scholarship right after I proved myself, had, you know, three years of scholarship, and it was had to be renewed every year, like you said, had to sit down and sign a contract, and they give you a certain amount of money. And it, it's a yearly thing. You have to keep on proving yourself. But I remember when I uh, participated in my first Boston Marathon, I, I lined up on the starting line in 1983, and I'm looking at Bill Rogers and, and, and all these world-class athletes. And I'm this 22-year-old college kid standing <laughs> with some of the best athletes in the world on the front line. And I'm saying to myself, do I belong here? Do I, am I good enough? The gun goes off. And I just remember how I, once, the game, once the participation starts and, and the game begins, you forget everything, your fears, and, 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 and you just do, do what you're trained to do. And this is just something, it's made my life. It has completely, sports has made my life. And when you talked about the kids, uh, Rick, how they're not playing anymore, we all did. We all had pickup games. And that's the one thing the young kids are missing. But now to get on to your topic on the coach, uh, which I think is really what you wanted to talk about uh, going forward, I think it's disgusting. I think what she did, it's, it's what she did with, on a self-centered way. She was just trying to promote herself. All these kids that on scholarship and congrats to the 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 uh, administration for firing this coach and getting all these kids back they chose that school they were recruited there the walk-ons were earned their way on who is she rick to come in and just pick apart the program I, I, for her own personal gain and she obviously by her record rick didn't really prove that much. No, no, that's that. I'm glad you brought that up, Rob. I mean, it isn't like she was coming from a, a, a you know winning conference championships. Apparently, she had some success, but it wasn't like overwhelming. And she had gone to Grambling. There was just such a lack of sensitivity. And actually, you know, it ties back into what Jack Smithlin was saying last week on the show about the fact that you know that when kids go from being high school stars and they make that jump uh, to to college. It's a whole different ball game, and and clearly, this situation is exactly what so many kids and their parents fear. That all of a sudden there's a change in the coaching, and all of a sudden, how is the new coach like you? Uh, are they going to keep your scholarship? Uh, what about your playing time? This is this is the kind of nightmare that so many kids and their parents fear. And this woman just basically made it happen. And again. It struck me that that you know it took Grambling three months to figure this out that maybe this was not a good idea 
that yes, she was able to do this according to the NCAA uh, rules, but what kind of, you're dealing with the emotions and real people, you know, you, you got to find a better way. You got to have a, in fact, you know, a few years ago, now I just thought of this, uh, at Harvard, uh, Tommy Amaker had been brought in as a new men's basketball coach. And Amaker, of course, was a big star in college and had coached at, uh, you know, some big time D1 programs. Harvard, of course, does not have athletic scholarships. He came in and during the course at the end of his first year, he allegedly told the kids, the guys on the team, don't even bother coming out for the team next year because next year I'll have my own players I'm bringing in. And, of course, <laughs> he just – you can't say that to kids uh, in college. And, uh, you know, apparently Amerco, the word got, got quickly to the administration at Harvard, and they, they quickly basically uh, reprimanded him for saying that. And they said, that's, that's, not what we, that's not what we do here at Harvard. We don't do stuff like that. And, of course, he's still there, and he's had success, but clearly he had a little lesson the hard way. Anyhow, hey, Rob, thank, thank you for the call. Thank you for the kind comments. Let's move on. Let's go to um, – Let's go to Ed, Ed Ward over in Elizabeth. Ed, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How you doing? Good, Ed. How are you? I'm at my, I'm running a showcase right now, so uh, this, this topic correlates really well. Yes. Um, I just want to let you know, this, uh, not renewing scholarships when new coaches come in, this is old news. In 1993, when I was coaching at FCU, um, if you remember, Mark Connor was the old old coach at the University of Tennessee. Yep. And Eddie Ford sent a lot of players down there from the North 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 Jersey area. Rod Delmonico takes over, and what he does is like over twenty North, North Northern players. He, he he does not renew their scholarships. Mm-hmm. And back then it was that there was nothing, and it was ironic. We had a player, Mike Carlson. Rutgers got a player, Jason Imperial. And Seagull got a player, Clint Stackett. And what's ironic about it was all three players got drafted in the 20th round or lower. So the, the thing is, it, it's out there. You can do it. And uh, it was funny. I did a lecture at my showcase on Friday. And what we talked about was I told the parents, that's a question you got to ask. Uh, why, if my scholarship is not getting renewed, um, why, why wouldn't it get renewed? And I, yeah. gave, I gave different examples. And you know what? The thing is, the parents got to be educated, too, on that. But well, this, you know what's crazy, Rick? With the, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the transfer portal is out of control. Well, that's, that, I was just going to say, Ed, that's what's all really sort of putting this to a higher level. Yes, of course, for years, these horror stories have existed where coaches have not um, renewed scholarships. But well, now the, the coaches say, well, the transfer portal is there. Just go someplace else. You know, but here's, here's the thing about it now. Since I, you know, I, I since I coach travel baseball, we, we've been to events already, and I'm running an event. Coaches aren't going out out of their office to recruit now. They're sitting in their office looking on the transfer portal and calling players to see if they want to transfer. That's how bad it's getting, and it hurts the young athlete that wants to get recruited. We were talking about this yesterday with two legendary coaches, Jay Blackwell former Freddie Hill assistant, and Del Del Pra, a, a legendary junior college coach in New Jersey because they, 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 they had teams in my event. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how, how bad it is to coach right now on that. And it, it, it's not good. It was more fun when we were coaching in the college level 30 years ago. It, 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 it's just an out-of-control racket right now. Well, I, I got to tell you, I, I found that a little bit 
well, more than just a little, but quite disturbing. If I'm a college coach, uh, even with the transfer portal, even with all the stuff being uh, online with uh, video and so on and so forth, I still want to see that kid uh, in person. I still want to see them perform. I still want to see how they, how they, you know, how they interact with their teammates, how they interact with their coach, how they deal with adversity during the course of a game. I want to see that live and in person. I, I, I just don't want to rely upon highlight reels or, or, or basically just stats. I mean, this is somebody that I'm going to make an investment in on behalf of the college, and I want to see what they're like. So that's, that's a bit distressing. Is it? I don't know if it's because of COVID or other concerns, financial concerns, but honestly, Ed, that that's not the way that you, you know. And obviously, from the other way around, the kid wants to see the coach in person too. Simple as that. Ed, I got to take a break. Thanks for the call. Appreciate the comments. Uh, you know, and friends, this is this is why I want to talk about this Grambling situation because it's 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 sort of unfortunately symptomatic of where we are today with with college coaches uh, and recruiting and trying to build their programs and the impact the transfer portal has because now it's become a a commonplace situation and more and more coaches are basically saying that you know uh, if you if you aren't happy in the program you're not you're you're not happy with your playing time you're not happy with the coaching you're not happy with maybe we're going to take your scholarship money away or reduce it then you can just go in the transfer portal and go someplace else and that's again that's harsh again the lack of civility or sensitivity really concerns me and again we're not talking necessarily about division one basketball or football we're talking about in this case women's volleyball I mean, so this is across the board at all these various programs, and it's, it's, it's disconcerting, to say the least. It's unsettling. And, again, it's a business, particularly even at the college level. Um, all right, let me take a time out. When I come back, I'll, I'm going to tell you a quick story about um, – well, well I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I'll tell you an interesting story about my vacation. And we'll take more of your calls at 877-337-6666. Back here on the Sports Edge. Just a quick reminder that you can always uh, get a preview of my upcoming show on Twitter. You just go to Ask Coach Wolf, and you can find uh, recordings of my shows at AskCoachWolf.com or uh, on the podcast link on WFAN.com. Uh, hey, very quickly, how about that lawsuit uh, being won by a number of minor league baseball players? They won something like $185, $185 million dollars. Uh, from Major League Baseball because minor league play- ball players, well, of course, they earn very, very little in terms of their pay. Uh, their housing costs are not covered. You don't get paid during spring training, which I don't think many people know. Um, but it was, it was a shock to me when I was in spring training many years ago that I got down there, uh, I guess, at the end of February, early March, and we didn't open a season until, uh, I guess, early April, but for that entire month of March, you don't get paid. You're just there, <laughs> and they, you take the field, you work seven days a week, uh, and they, they, they obviously feed you, but you don't get paid. Um, anyhow, I, I don't think I'm going to qualify for any of that $185 million lawsuit money, but I can assure you that for decades, minor league players, uh, you know, again, you don't get a paycheck until the actual season begins, you get paid every, you know, twice a month. Uh, but you, when you, I remember very distinctly when you, when you leave spring training and you get to the minor league town where you're going to be playing that year, uh, the team picks up your motel bill for maybe three days, 
But during those three days, you have to go out and find a room on your own, which, again, you have to pay for. Uh, you have to, you know, make your own food. You got to find a place uh, to rent. You got to find transportation to the ballpark, which in many cases means you have to find a, a beat up old jalopy that you can drive. Uh, and of course, you're not making any money. You're making peanuts. I mean, trust me, it was pretty rugged. It was not glamorous. So I'm glad to see that Major League Baseball is finally going to do the right thing here with uh, making sure these kids uh, are getting compensated. Uh, I think they, they're thinking that the average person in this, in this, this lawsuit is going to get about $5,000. It isn't much, but obviously it's enough to at least make them feel like, well, okay, I'm getting paid back for all those terrible conditions I'd go through as a professional baseball player. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's take some more calls about the situation with Grambling, because I do think this is a hot-button issue for a lot of people. Um, let's, go to, um, let's go to E. Frank out in Astoria. Hey, e. e. Frank, good morning. You're on the fan. Yes, good morning, Rick. Uh, I'm also a little bit... Uh alarmed that this situation in Grambling is uh, taking a, uh, a direction where they're accusing the athletic director and the coaches even as themselves as a, as a discriminatory instrument towards the, their uh, their scholarship uh, recipients. And mm-hmm. I'm going to tell, I'm gonna tell you this, this story. Uh, a long time ago, it's uh, in regards to my alma mater, my Catholic high school alma mater. Uh, we have, and he's actually still working, an athletic director there uh, who was a very reasonable, very knowledgeable, and very, very well-educated man who is sponsored by uh, the University of St. John's, St. John's University. I went to the high school, and we had a situation. It was at the very end of, of when I was graduating. I, I Let me just tell you this right off. Uh, I, uh, in my freshman year in high school, I tried out for junior varsity baseball. And, you know, they, those things, they don't race. I never made the first cut. You know, mm-hmm. I know how painful it is to be an athlete. Sure. Uh, and uh, we had a, an All-American Public School Athletic League uh, lacrosse champion student who decided, out of her own knowledge, to just transfer into the Catholic High School Athletic Association into our uh, uh, varsity uh, volleyball teams, varsity swimming teams, and so on. And it was a problem that never was solved at any level for the future going. She was, uh, you know, uh, from a um, public school. Uh, she was uh, a Quaker as well. She had no affiliation with the Catholic faith. And she gave us a headache. She was throwing books around, threatening our alumnus and our faculty staff. And we had to tolerate that. And that's what's going on in Grambling, that they actually say if they don't want to deal with, uh, you know, students that don't perform at their expectancy, they can do whatever they want. And I feel very sorry for the parents who work so hard and they want to see their children succeed in an athletic program that their particular college of choosing. And they go and, and a coach just simply says the portal has indicated that the student is not performing to the athletic uh, competition yeah. level of other students. That's terrible. And you can't even prove that in the court of law that there's some sort of discrimination with the portal system. No, and, and, and to your point, as you said, Frank, uh, and, and thank you for, for, uh, for calling in this morning. Yes, this has been going on for a number of years. It's usually not talked about publicly, but a situation like this with Grambling, which made headlines, now, of course, everybody's got an opinion about this, and it just shines a light on coaches who, yeah, we understand they, they want to build a program and they want to get a, a clean slate and so on and so forth. But 
at some point you got to treat the kids who are still there who were who are students at that university who were recruited by your predecessor and given scholarship money or the kids who are walk-ons you got to you got to treat them with some sense of sensitivity a civility you know make sure that uh, give them a, many many workouts take your time what's the rush and if you come to the decision that they're not really going to be part of your program then you got to sit down and have a real sort of heart to heart with them so they understand you know why that decision is being made but to basically go in and callously say after just a few a few weeks that you know what none of you guys are going to be, be renewed with your scholarships your walk-ons you're gone too that is not the way to do it and i think we all feel the same way all right, let me, let me move on quickly because I, I mentioned before about, about the fact that we're all so much concerned that kids, we, we, we see so few kids ever playing on open athletic fields. You, you just don't see that anymore. And, of course, that's not news to anyone. But I, I did want to share with you a, a, a true story of my vacation last week uh, on the beautiful island of Nantucket, which is off the coast of, of Cape Cod. The weather was just great. And I got to tell you, when, when the Wolf family goes on vacation, well, <laughs> we're a little different. Some families go to Nantucket to, to play golf or to play tennis or just to go to the beach or maybe even go sailing. But again, we're a little different. For myself and my son, John, if the weather is warm and sunny, when we're on Nantucket, we head out to the local high school, Nantucket High School. It's the home of the Whalers, where there is usually a, a beat-up old L-screen. Uh, which we put in front of the pitching mound of the baseball field. And I basically pitch uh, a bag of baseballs to, to John. He's 38, but like most uh, former ball players, he still loves to hit. And this past week, we were joined by one of John's former teammates at Harvard, uh, Jeff Friedman. Jeff was a, a, a catcher in college, and like John, is still in terrific shape. He still loves to go out and hit. Uh, these days, Jeff is a, a professor of political science at Dartmouth. But again, he likes to, he loves to hit, and, and this is what we do. So we've been doing this for about, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Uh, going up to Nantucket and taking batting practice, BP, has become a uh, sort of a wolf tradition, and it's just great. Uh, I will tell you, usually is a pretty good breeze of blowing, which helps propel lots of balls over the fence. But last week, uh, on this particular beautiful morning, as we were getting loose and warming up, uh, a middle-aged man came uh, ambling over from one of the high school administration buildings. He, um, he came over to me, and I could see he was trying to find the right words. In short, apparently his boss, his boss, had sent him over to tell me, John, and Jeff, that we had to get off the baseball diamond. Incredulous, I asked him why, and he explained, I explained to him, we've been using the high school field for well over a decade, that we were exceedingly respectful of the field. We made sure everything was, was taken care of. We didn't make a mess. We didn't cut anything up. The man sort of smiled weakly and said that it really wasn't his decision, but that his boss had a rule that the, the field needed to be protected from being overused. I sort of laughed, and I pointed out that I couldn't ever recall ever seeing anyone except us ever taking batting practice in our years on the high school baseball field, that the dirt in the infield was pretty much covered with weeds. In short, overuse was certainly not a concern for this high school facility. Clearly, no one had used the field since the spring, se- spring uh, season had ended several, uh, you know, several weeks ago. Nevertheless, the man, he persisted politely. I didn't want to get him in trouble, so we packed up and left. Mind you, 
This is a high school baseball field that we have never, ever, ever seen anyone use over the last 10 to 15 years. And again, this goes to my original point. If some local kids wanted to go out and use this field just for fun, well, I gather they would be chased off the field as well. I mean, to me, the field is there to be used, not just by old guys like myself, but by kids. It just didn't make any sense. Now, again, I, I asked, is there an insurance concern? Maybe the school district doesn't want to be sued if a kid gets hurt playing ball on a baseball diamond? Maybe. But still, back when I was growing up, and perhaps with you as well, playing with my buddies on school fields in the summer, I don't recall anyone getting seriously hurt. All right, this is, this is, um, this is what I'm talking about here in terms of the fact that, and I understand high schools and school districts are aware that they want, you know, they're concerned that there'll be overuse of their fields uh, and that maybe that'll tear up the, the turf and so on and so forth, and you need to get permits and all that stuff, but still, I, I just... I don't understand any of this as to why we are today. And I'm just, uh, I have a feeling a lot of you share the same concerns that here we have in many cases, in many neighborhoods, in many communities, beautiful high school fields, but you can't get on them in the summertime. And this happened to me in Nantucket and I was, I was basically just bewildered. It was just strange. All right, eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let's continue. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Jack Smithlin. Jack, good morning. You're on the fan. How are you, Rick? Jack, I'm, how are you uh, doing this morning? I'm doing very good. I'm actually up in Vermont right now, and, you know, the stories that you're, the, the topics, first of all, you know, I just want to, I want to uh, thank Dr. Rob for his kind words. He's he's a family member now, just like you. I mean, you guys are people that I've met through this radio program and your show is just, you know, one of the best, if not the best. There's nothing like it. So, you know, it does. It does build friendships. And, you know, these are valued friendships. So um, even Ed, I love Ed. Ed is, the, is your, your guy Ed. on the board. You know, he's, he's the best. He Everybody loves the zoo man. I mean, the zoo man, oh, basically, man. Uh, you know, if, without the zoo man, I don't think WFAN stays on the air. We know you don't play golf, but Dr. Rob and I are trying to get him out to play some golf. <laughs> well, one of the, one of the great, great uh, benefits of doing this show for so many years is exactly what you said, Jack, all the friendships. It is the magic yep. of radio. Obviously, there is a... There is a bond that all the people who listen and call in or, or email me or whatever, they all share the same passion and love for sports that we all have. And we're all concerned about you know what's happening to sports because we do want to make yeah. sure the next generation of kids get the same kind of enjoyment and fun uh, that, that we enjoy playing as kids, and we still continue yep. into our, our older years. So yeah, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's really kind of a magical, magical kind of situation. But anyhow, so you tell know, me, tell talk, me your thoughts about, this morning. So, yeah, well, the Grambling thing, real quick. You know, I'm old school. I, I recruit by going out and watching. I mean, there are recruiting sites that you can connect with players that you're not going to normally see, and then make arrangements to see them. And but, like you said, I love seeing my players. Last year, uh, a year ago, I recruited a girl. I saw it at a in a in a in an actual. Um, tournament down in South Jersey, and I walked up to her at the end of the game with her dad, and I asked her, you know, um, if she made any decisions yet, and I said I would love to recruit her to New Jersey City University. She was a local girl, too. She was a New Jersey girl, and um, she said that she had already committed to 
Lincoln University in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Well, I backed away immediately. I didn't try to convince her that my school was better. I respected her decision. I respected her dad's re- decision. And, and just recently, there was an incident there where there was a murder on campus in her dorm. And the very next day, the day after the murder, I got a call from her dad and asked if the door was still open. I said, of course it is. And now she's playing for us this coming fall. So, you know, that's old school. I don't use the portal. The portal is a crazy thing. Kids can just choose. You know, it's like it's like I said to you before. You know, it, it's like going to a Chinese restaurant. You know, one from column A, two from column B. You can go wherever you want, whenever you want. It's getting crazy. So, you know, I'm old school. I do it old school, and I'm going to continue to do it old school. But Jack, um, as just, far as your let me go back to go that, that story real quickly. You said this was a kid who had went to uh, Lincoln University, and there had been a murder. Yep. Mur- there was the a murder in the in her the, the next dorm room on her same floor. There was a murder. Oh my and, gosh! So, so uh, the kid an irate seen... mother. <laughs> I don't know the true story, but an irate mother whose daughter was being harassed by her roommate. I believe. Please don't quote me on this because I don't know the true story. I didn't follow the murder. All I did was follow the girl, uh, Jalen, who's now coming to play for us. But. The the girl was a um, I think the murder was the mother an irate mother that 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 um, killed her roommates her her daughter's roommate and, but that's it but but the point I was trying to make was that this girl came to me because I talked to her I was polite to her I I honored her decision didn't try to convince her to come our way. And you know you got to do it. The, you got to do it old. Old school is the best school. I'm telling you that right now. I mean, with all these crazy rules that the NCAA puts out, every time that they can't handle a problem, they just let it go. And now you can do whatever you want, type of thing. Um, you know, I don't see the NCAA going far either. I, I, they're, they're they're just making too many crazy mistakes and allowing too many things to happen. But getting back to your last story, that's yes. the story that that we had discussed. <laughs> that's a great story. Um, I come home from practice. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, you and I have talked about this. This is like, you know, you, no matter where you go, any time of the you know, summertime, there's nobody playing in these fields. No, I mean, and here I'm, is a I'm case where... I, I, <laughs> I told you this the other day. I said, I come home the same way every day from practice or from my lessons or just, you know, in town. And I drive by this one field every single day, every day. And I look down that field and there's nobody ever on it. And it bothers me. I mean, I remember when I was in school, you know, I'd come home at sixth grade, seventh grade, get changed and get out and go play some sandlot baseball or, you know, even kickball in the street or whatever the case may be. Like you said, kids are not doing it for the fun anymore. I mean, you know, I made a statement months ago that there's no true, uh, there's no bigger heart than the heart of a Division three athlete. Mm-hmm. They play for the love of the game. They don't get money. All they get is academic money and any scholarships they can find here and there, but they don't get any type of academic, they don't get any type of athletic money. So they're out there playing because they love it. Correct. And that's, that's one of the great reasons that I'm coaching at the D3 level. I mean, I have had offers for D2, even one D school up in New York State years and years ago, but D3, these kids want to be there. And, you know, and, and when they see the writing on the wall, like you said, like this coach from Grambling, I mean, there were, there were other motives there. I mean, whether it was the, whether it was the problems they had with Grambling during the season and he just didn't, he wanted everybody out or he was bringing his whole team in with him. Um, but there were ways to do it, like you said. Let the players bring in your better players. Let them win positions. 
You know, let the other players see the writing on the wall, that these kids are better, and that maybe they're going to take a back seat. But you don't come in and do what she did. That, no, that was I, com- completely outrageous. Yeah, I as mean, I said. It, and it, it, I have a question for you. Did any of those girls that were let go ask back? Did they get their scholarships back? Yes, yes. Uh, the, oh. the, the Grambling Athletic uh, Administration basically reinstated um, very themselves. Good, very but again, it's all the, the situation obviously is totally in flux now. They have not announced uh, who's going to be the new coach, what's going on going forward, but it clearly was just uh, handled. They really botched the whole thing. And um, yeah, I mean, I understand and appreciate the new coach wants to bring in new players and build a program up, but you got, as you said, Jack, you can't do it that way. You can't do it in a way that's just going to, you know, break the hearts of kids who have played for the school and are counting on that scholarship money. You can't do it that way. Anyhow, I, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the biggest concern, too, to come back to your point before, Jack, is the fact that, I, you know, all these fields are empty and, and they're not being used. And maybe it's because, as I said, it's because school districts don't want to have the fields be overused or they're afraid of insurance concerns or who knows what. But I tell you, that was <laughs> – and, Jack, thank you, as always, for, your, for your, your call. You know, I went through this last week, as I said, in Nantucket on a high school field that nobody has used in probably, you know, several months – and we got kicked off because we're not allowed to use the facilities uh, because of overuse concerns. When nobody's using the field. <laughs> I still find it mind-boggling. All right. That's, uh, that's my show for this morning. My thanks, as always, to the Zoom man, uh, Ed R. Zuman. Uh, Mark Malusis, he comes your way next here on The Fan. I'll see you next Sunday morning right here on The Sports Edge. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 